0: Welcome to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling, East Point Church of God. We invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. Then Isaiah 6, 5 says this. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I can tell you within my spirit that I am, I've been listening to the words of Isaiah For the last 48 hours, over and over in my heart, this morning, the Holy Spirit woke me up, speaking to me, this this Isaiah 6 passages. And this morning, I went through Isaiah 6 to Isaiah 14, over and over in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. And the word that just keeps coming over me over and over and over again is simply this. I am undone. That is in my heart right now. I am undone. And I am not undone because of anything that has happened in this country in the last 48 hours. I am not undone because of the wickedness that is in our community and the sin that happened last night that none of us knows about. I am not undone Because of all of the unrighteousness that has been happening in our land for a generation. I am undone because I've seen the king. And I live in a land of unclean people. Why? Because there is only one king and it's not any other government in this world. There is no government that is above our king. There is no government that is beyond our king's control. And my, my heart that is broken today has nothing to do with sin. Because as long as, there's, as, long as Jesus has not returned, there's going to be sin. And so we need not get so bent out of shape over sin. We need to get bent out of shape over the kingdom of God that has been, has been pushed to the side. Because when the kingdom of God is pushed to the side, there will be ramifications that go beyond what you can envision at this moment in time. And there will be consequences when you violate the king's decree. And you cannot be undone until you see the king. You see, let me tell you, it is, it is not fruitful or productive for you to debate the validity of your stance on the biblical word of God. If you're out there on social media debating these things, listen. It is not something that you can debate. It is not something that you're going to have a have a winning argument when it comes to when it comes to secular ideas and secular notions and all the things of this world and this country of ours. You're not going to win this argument, and neither are they. We are going to win the war and the battle is when we close the door and we get into the prayer closet and we seek the face of God again we will not overcome until we become undone until we become undone and realize that there is an appeal to heaven that God is still on the throne and if I all if all I can do for you today is to take it to the Lord in prayer you are, I'm not calling you to arms. I'm not calling you to battle in the spiritual war. I mean in the carnal war because these things are worthless and fruitless. They will they will produce only those things as your, as your physical and mental skill that gives you the ability to argue one way or another. But I can tell you, you can pull down strongholds and your IQ can be all of five and when you call on the name of the Lord, it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how wise you are. It doesn't matter how gifted you are. All that matters is that you get in your prayer closet and you call out to Jesus Christ and He can change your family and your home. He can make a difference. The simplicity of the gospel is amongst us that it does not matter what, what, what you bring to the table. It matters is whether you believe him or not, you see, Isaiah says, "For my eyes have seen the King." You know, if you ever, you ever watched, you know, parents, we see sometimes, parents, we're very protective of our young ones, and you know why we're protective of our young ones because parents have seen. The things in this world that they do not want their young ones dealing with at this moment. You know, there are things that we guard them from because they're not ready for it yet. They're not ready for the battle yet. The battle will be there and they will have to fight it one day and you cannot cover them completely. But you have to protect them for the season. Why? Because you have seen and experienced life and you know how you are to live and you know what it is to live before God. Now, what I'm telling you today is because you have seen life and you have seen the atmosphere of that and you've seen what it can be, you have guarded yourself and guarded your house. So your reaction is determined by what you have seen. When you, when I find somebody that does not understand the seriousness of where we are right now, it will tell me one thing: they haven't seen the King recently. If you're not concerned over immorality, and if you're not concerned, listen. there, There are lots and lots of sins out there. It's just that very rarely does a country elevate a particular sin to the level that our country has done. I mean, right now, we're all, everybody's against thieving. No one put the skull and crossbones over the White House last week and said, everybody just take what you want. We'd preach against that if they did that. It's not the sin. It's the mentality that you can do what you want without any repercussions of God's law and God's standard of living in our country. You have seen the king and we realize we're in trouble we have seen what he has done we have seen his glory and we have seen and what we need to recognize and this is old-fashioned religion old-fashioned conviction is that we got to get a glimpse of him again we got to get our eyes off the politics and we got to get our eyes off a democrat and our eyes off a republican and we need to fix our eyes on jesus again Because it's not about a political field. It's not about a political ideal. It's not about who you elected or didn't elect. It's about whether or not you see Jesus in your life, in your home, in your house, in this community, in our state, in our land, in our area. We've got to see Jesus again. That is the reality of where we are. We are in, a, we are lost in an era of looking to other things other than Jesus. We find ourselves like Peter looking at the storm and looking at the trial and find ourselves rapidly sinking when we can realize that all you have to do is reach up and grab a hold of the hand of the master and look within his eyes and recognize everything's going to be okay because he's still king and he's still in control of this world. And so appeal to heaven simply means this morning as we go forth into this idea of prayer. You are called to be a warrior for Christ through prayer. The Bible tells us about this concept in the book of James that the effective prayer that you want to pray, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That is the reality of Scripture. The Bible tells us over and over, ask and you shall receive. That is the principle. If we ask, we shall receive. Why? Because He is King. One man said, prayer moves the hand of God who moves the world. We do not believe in the mentality that says that God created this world and didn't just said, good luck. We believe That when his people pray, he will hear from heaven and he will come again and heal our land. We believe that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above what? All that we ask. If you're not asking, he can't be more than enough. If you're not seeking him, he can't do more abundantly. You know, I will tell you that every prayer I've ever prayed has been a failure. You know why? Because I cannot see from the eyes of God. You know what he does? He takes the faith in my heart that I pray that prayer and he answers it according to my faith. And then he takes what should have been a pathetic, worthless prayer, even though it may have sounded good, it may have felt good, and everybody might have said, man, that's a good prayer, pastor, that has nothing even close to what the heartbeat of God wants to happen over this place. And he takes that prayer and just anoints it and blesses it and turns it into an enormous thing that even as he says and gives us his principle of the young boy's lunch, when you have the loaves of bread in the fish, it doesn't matter how small the fish were. It doesn't matter how little bread you have. He can take your little thing and explode it into a great thing if you believe in the one that you're praying to. Faith. Is critical In your prayer, it, it is a fervent prayer that avails much. In the Bible, prayer is worship that includes all attitudes of your heart and approach to God. The highest activity that you and I can be capable of is communion with God. And we are long overdue on the regular basis. Our land is long overdue. Uh, I mean, let me, make this, let, me, let me bring this into the reality of the situation. Prayer is so vital for your life. In fact, if anything happens, anything, somebody prayed. Hear that. If anything happens, somebody prayed. If you are saved today, it's because you prayed. You can't be saved until you pray. If you are healed today, somebody prayed. If you have been spared from the wickedness, somebody prayed over you. If you've been forgiven today, somebody prayed. If you were strong today, somebody prayed. If you are whole today, somebody prayed. If you survived the enemy's attack over your life, somebody prayed over you. If you've been pulled out, if you overcame, if if you came back from being conquered, somebody prayed over you. If you've been delivered, if you've been set free, if you are victorious in this room, somebody prayed. It didn't just happen. It's that somebody went to the very throne room of God, whether it was you or your grandmother, your great-grandmother, or somebody went into the prayer closet and called on the name of the Lord and would not be denied until you saw the Lord yourself. We, we find ourselves in a community that is in desperate need of the, re, of a renewal of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to see how much He does love us. And oh, it's so, it's so heartbreaking to see how God takes His leave over the house, over the house, over a community, over an area, over a land. Because he he sends he says, are you sure you want to kick me out? Are you sure? And he'll 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 send a move, and and they'll push back. We don't want you, Lord. And then he'll and then so we take another step, and he'll send another move, and we push back, and and and, and we'll take another step off the precipice, and he'll send another move, and one more time we'll push back, and over and over he does. He doesn't just get up and take his ball and go home, as we used to say. He, does, he loves and he, he, he draws and he pulls and he, and he bleeds. And he says, are you sure you don't want your children blessed? Are you sure that you want your community in drugs? Are you sure you want poverty? Are you sure you want destruction? Are you sure you want all these things? Because if you just ask me, I would come in and I would heal your land. And I would deliver you and I would set you free. Are you sure you want to push me away? Because I can do everything that you dream of. I can do everything that you want for your kids your house, your home if you but ask me we push God out over and over and over but God desires to commune with you why? because he loves you and you are valuable to him God loves you and you are valuable to him And there is a way that seems right in the man's eyes. But listen, at the end of it is destruction. It may seem righteous. It may seem right. But when it violates the word of God, the end is destruction. No matter what sin you want to call it, it all ends the same way. And let me finish i got a couple of places to go yet, but let me finish here in a moment. The problem with prayer is that you cannot approach God on your terms. This is where I see it. We get Our arrogance and our struggle in our prayer lives usually revolve around the, the, the mindset that we can do whatever we want and then go talk to God about it. The reality it is, it needs to be reversed. We need to talk to God about it and then go do what we need to do. You see, man prays because God touches us. Prayer in Scripture is not a flesh response. Hear the word of God. John chapter 4, verse 24. God is spirit. Spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Incorrect paths to him will not get his attention. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me, Jesus said. Isaiah 1.15 says, when you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you even though you make many prayers i will not hear why because your hands are full of blood the word of the lord in isaiah 115 the bible says in isaiah 29 13 therefore the lord said inasmuch as that these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips but have removed their hearts far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. You see, when you get away from the presence of God, you can go through the ritual and go through the motions and go through all those things. But listen, if your heart isn't connected to his heart, your prayer is not getting past the room. You have to have your heart connected to the heartbeat of God. So here's, here's four things I want to give you before we quit real fast that are going to set the foundation for where I'm going to go next week. The first thing is you got to realize is that God is in control. He knows all things. He was not surprised at anything that has happened in this land for the last fifty two hundred years. He's not surprised. You have to accept this. Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Meaning, simply, don't grab a hold of a formula and say the same thing over and over again. And say, just because I said this, means God heard me. You actually have to pray from your heart. Therefore, do not be like them, Jesus tells us in verse 8. For your father knows the things you have need of. When? Before you ask them. He already knows. So why does he want me to pray? Because he loves you. He wants to have a conversation. You know, you're, you're, as parents... And I see this sometimes in teenage parents, parents of teenagers. They're perfectly willing to give what their teenager wants. They just like to have a hi and how are you on the way through. You know what I'm saying? It's not that they're wanting to withhold it. They just like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, you know, hold you, hold it ransom for a little while. If you can just give me a kiss on the cheek and tell me, hello, I'll give you the money that you need. But if you're just going to ignore me, I ain't giving you anything. We know what you have need of, parents say. We know what, you're, what you have need of. You have to recognize that God knows what you have need of. And it does, just because he has not given it to you does not mean he doesn't love you. It means that he's just ready for you to ask. And have a relationship with him and be able to speak with him. When you pray, recognize he knows your need. You know, now I'll go to parents of little ones. I know what my kids need to eat. And they never ask for what they need. You know what I'm talking about? They're always asking for what they want. They're wanting the sweets. I know they get it from their father. It's what I eat, you know, but learn it by example but the reality is is that i know that they need to eat something of nutritional value for their lives so i i recognize as a father that i'm going to give them what they need even though they're asking me for what they want So sometimes when I'm, when I'm not getting what I want from God, when I'm praying, it's because I'm not asking for what I need. I'm asking him for what I want. And my prayer has gone beyond furthering the kingdom of God to furthering the kingdom of myself. And God does not further you. He furthers his son. So when your prayer, James tells us, when you don't get what you ask for, it's because you have asked amiss, and you need to reorient your mind to what the will of God is. And that's what I'm getting at in the second thing, and that is got to trust. Number one, you got to know that God has all things and does all things, is ready to work in your life. But number two, got to know that He is willing. His knowledge is there, as I said first, but number two, He is willing He's willing to act. We get. I, I have somebody come to me, and this is not without fail. People will ask you, say, well, why hasn't God done this thing yet? The Bible tells us in Luke 11, 11, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you trust that God desires to bless you and you believe that God is willing and wanting to do this, and this is where the breakdown usually lies. I mean, how how silly would it be for a child to come in and say, if you really want to give me my dinner tonight, I'd really appreciate it. My wife would be like, do you think I'm just cooking over this stove for just for fun? Of course I'm willing. Get to the table. I'm going to give you everything that you ask for on food-wise. You know, if my daughter asked for seconds on anything, we'd have a shouting time in our, church, in our household right now. We can barely get her to eat first. When we understand that when God is willing, I mean ready, like that grandmother, you open that plate up, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? My grandma's right there, so I know exactly what I'm talking about. You tell her you like something, it's there. The reality is, is that God is willing to just pour out abundantly above, above all that you ask or think if you just tell, trust him that he's willing to do it. So you got to recognize that God is in control, that God knows all these things. And number two, got to trust that God is willing to give you. And then the third thing, and this is where sometimes people that are broken and wounded in the world, that they have a hard time recognizing the reality, but they got to embrace that God loves you. Hear me. God loves you. God loves you. John 16, 23 says, in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you whatever you ask the Father in my name he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name and I do not say to you that I shall pray to the Father for you for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that i came forth from god the father loves you when you ask jesus is saying jesus says listen of course i'm there interceding for you as hebrews tells us of course i'm standing in front of the throne for you because had he not be standing in front of the front throne our prayer will not be accepted but because we accept the one that's standing in front of the throne on our behalf, all we have to do is ask in the name of Jesus and because the Father loves the Son, we receive what we shall ask. And because the Father loves the Son and we love the Son, the Father loves us. The Father loves us. And God loves those who loves His Son. And lastly this morning, now, four, found, four foundational things before your prayer will be heard. Accept that God is in control, trust God's willingness to answer, embrace God's love for you, and lastly, walk daily with Him. You want your prayers answered? Walk daily with God, walk daily with the Lord. Don't trust in any other thing. The Bible tells us in John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By putting all four of these foundational things together, these things set the pace. These things set the foundation for what I believe God is calling us today as a country, as a church, that if we believe, if we trust, if we embrace the love of God, listen, as I said earlier, but what I believe on the, with all my heart that God is allowing us God saying, Are you sure you want to push me out? Are you sure you don't want my blessing? Are you sure you don't want to be healed? Are you sure you don't want my favor? Are you sure you don't want my protection? Are you sure? You don't want my liberty are you sure because all that we have today has come from god all that we have today has come from jesus because let me tell you it's still about one thing nations will rise and fall since the time of our savior dying on that cross but it's still about that cross that is on a hill somewhere far, far away where our precious Savior bled and died. And nothing that this country of ours does, nothing that this world may do can alter the fact that that cross is still on that hill that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't matter what the enemy brings up. It doesn't matter the weapon. It doesn't matter the issue. It doesn't matter where we are. The cross still stands. The power of God is filling and moving and covering this place and I'm telling you you're about ready to see something I believe in the war in our country today that is going to astound just when it feels like evil is going to overcome the Bible says the grace of God avails it goes it goes more and abundant above the darkest of moments of life are just prime for the glory of God to invade when you think that there's no hope and no way out. That's when Jesus walks in. You've been listening to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling and East Point Church of God. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Until next week, let's join together to spread the light of Christ.